So the big question is this, how do you take $42,000 in assets in a one Trackman Bay facility in the back of a CrossFit gym and turn it into a 12 bay, 17,000 square foot training facility in just a few years? That's the question and this is the podcast that's gonna give you the answer. Welcome to Inside the Room on Stockshot Secrets. All right, we are back for Stockshot Secrets, more inside the room. And today I've got one of my buddies, Sean Fee, who heads up all of our mental performance at TGR. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, Sean has joined us, so we're going on what, month five? I think we're about four. Yeah, four. and it- you know, if you, for those, you know, entrepreneurs out there or business owners, like some people, as you know, some employees, like you have A employees, B employees, C employees. Sean is without a doubt, doubt an A player. Um, he's got his own podcast as well. What's that called? The Well Sport, right? It is the Well Sport podcast presented by the Golf Room. <laughs> yep, we just kicked off our first episode That's um, awesome. last week. So. Yes, so Sean has been amazing. Um, and I think that Sean, one of the greatest things that I that I love about Sean is your ability, not your ability, your heart for really changing the hearts and souls and characters like of your players right like for you just like for me like this is way bigger than just golf this is about life and just you know in some sense like you are working at the golf room but it doesn't matter whether it's wrestling Mm -hmm. golf if you were talking to a business professional it's probably all the mental aspects are the same right so um super excited that you're here and just being a part of tgr you're like you're amazing so um, with being a part of TGR, right? Like you, I just want to, you know, have the listeners learn a little bit more about Sean. So like, sure. just tell us a little bit about your story. Like where are you from? You know, obviously talk a little bit about your wrestling background. Yeah. Um, cause I think that's, that's amazing in itself. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I want to let Kyle know how much I appreciate him letting a wrestler, you know, kind of <laughs> in the building, um, you know, during our interview process. Uh, that's kind of one of the first things we talked about. He's like, hey, it's OK that you're not a golfer. Like we have the best golf coaches in the country here. I kind of like the idea of bringing in a wrestler for all the, you know, the mental toughness pieces and and everything that that experience probably brought you. So. I have been super thankful to have that yeah. opportunity because yeah. a lot of people probably, you know, would have went strictly golf specific. Well, I think so. it's for us, like I, like I had told you, and just for the listeners, when, 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 because the golf room started right, like in the room when you walk in, there's this big skill, body, mind, and mm-hmm. we had been in the hunt um, for finding a mental performance coach for a while. We we started with Dr. Todd Case, who's an incredible guy. Unfortunately, he got sick and kind of had to leave and depart mm-hmm. TGR a little while back, but. Um, I think that there's a beauty in the fact of having a mental performance coach that when they see you and they're seeing you play and you're doing playing lessons, they're not looking at like, oh, his club face is open, mm-hmm. he hit it to the right. It's more of like the intangibles of the commentary that you can see as like the CNN ticker above their head sure. that's like, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. So they can yeah. see that stuff rather than seeing like, oh, the dude's like too steep and not hitting a stock shot because he's too steep in a swing. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. you kind of come in. So you're originally, where are you from? Yeah, so I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, born and raised on the east side of Cleveland. Browns fan? Uh, lifelong Browns oh, fan. We've had boy. season tickets my entire you, life. Do you want to get rid of Watson and just keep Flacco on the, uh, on the team? Honestly, right now? Cause they're, cause he's, they're winning. He's been rolling. <laughs> Um, we can get this could turn into a total Browns podcast. It could be, I won't because go too much crazy. into it. What's crazy <laughs> yeah. about it is that like you've got this guy that you've paid all this money to. Yeah, but then you have Flacco who almost won an MVP, or did he win his MVP? 
He was like I mean, he, he won. He the won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. He's a and Super I think Bowl he champ. was the I think he was the NFL MVP. I think he was too. And then he just like fell off the grid. Yeah. But like, how do you go? What he probably just needed to call Sean Fee. Yeah, there you go. That's all he needed. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. No. It's it's hilarious how that works out. Yeah, like so, it's the most Browns move of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Sums it up. All right. Yep. So you're in from Cleveland. Yep. From Cleveland, Ohio. A uh, lifelong wrestler, like I alluded to earlier. Um, I ended up. I wrestled on the east side of Cleveland at Lake Catholic High School. A uh, place that stayed a couple times there, and then I went on to wrestle at West Virginia University. Nice. Um, I was just a recruited walk on there, but okay. I was able to earn my starting spot, which mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, pretty cool to be. You know, when you're a recruited walk on, you really have to kind of prove your yeah. worth there, and to be able to do that and and start and travel to all these really cool places was a really cool experience. Right, um, and that's probably there's some mental adversity even just walking on campus, and you're like, or walking to practice, I should say, and you go. You're not the guy, right? Uh, oh my gosh, absolutely. Like you got to earn your earn your stripes, especially in college. I mean, it is a business. <clears throat> like they the coaches, they have to win. Um so you really feel like you have to go out there and for me, I didn't necessarily feel like I had all the talent in the world, but I knew my hard work could kind of get me to places I need to be. Sure. Um but to kind of bring that to why I'm doing the work I'm doing now, during that time, I was actually dealing with a lot of mental struggles. Um, so even though I was starting as a freshman, um, I was kind of, I was a little burnt out. I kind of lost my love for the sport. I was feeling very homesick because all my friends stayed kind of local and went mm-hmm. to college. And I really had no one to talk to about a lot of this stuff. Yeah, um, There was a sports psychologist there. He was just an older guy. And I'm like, how is he going to relate to the things right. I'm going through? Yeah. Nothing against him. I'm sure he was a great guy. But after my freshman year, it actually, all these things building up, um, me not dealing with them led to me quitting wrestling after starting um, the majority of my freshman year, a lot of my freshman year. Um, So that is why I'm so passionate about doing the work that I'm doing now. Do you think your story would have been different if Sean, if Sean at 18 knew Sean at how old are you right now? 30? I just turned 30. 30. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, I no still boy. don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So if Sean 30 knew Sean at 18, do you think the story would have been different for three years? Or do you think that was, you know, God's plan and it was it was a perfect story because it also kind of led you to right here? Yeah. So that is an unbelievable question. And I, it's something I think about a lot. Um, I truly believe that for my story, this is how it was supposed yeah. to happen. Like genuinely believe in that. Um but on the on the flip side of it, knowing the mental tools that I know now and that I've learned through school and experience and you know my education and things, it's I would have helped like a yeah, ton. Um, sure. I don't know if I would have ever been an All American or anything, but I think I could have maybe been a serviceable starter at a Division One school. Um, that being said, I have zero regrets in quitting because I feel like I'm impacting so many more lives be- now because of those struggles that it's, I went it's through. It's amazing how when you look back on like the adversities you have in life, whether it's in work or school or family or whatever, mm-hmm. there's 99.9% of it. Um, like it when you look back, when you can look back in time, like four, five, six, seven years and thing, there's always a plan. Even though it seems like a crazy turmoil, there's there's always beauty that comes out of it, right? So 
it's just amazing how life works like that, right? Um, ab- absolutely. To have, like a, have a big picture. So now, fast forward. So you're doing that stuff. Then um, you graduate. You go up to yeah. Cleveland, right? And, yep. And start doing some marketing up there and social media for the city of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Amazing job, especially for a kid right out of college. Um, but my true, I knew my true passion, yep. and it was to work with athletes. Yep. Um, I, I knew that's what I was supposed to do with my life. So... When COVID hit, um, we were funded by hotels. People didn't stay in hotels. A lot of people lost their jobs. Um, For me, I was kind of already leaning towards, all right, I need to get into this full go because I was coaching wrestling and getting a little bit of my fix there, but I knew my purpose, right? So it was very frustrating not being able to do that full time. So I kind of looked at COVID as an opportunity to be able to go back to school you know, I lost my job. How am I going to turn this into a positive? And I went back to school. I got my master's degree in counseling psychology with a focus in positive coaching and athletic leadership. I've said that it's a million a times. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. But when you say it enough, you can, you know, you get it down. Yeah. Um, and that led to me getting a job at Ohio State, which led me to you and the golf room. And I yeah, that's be happier awesome. to be here. So in that journey, you say you wake up, I guess, one night in the middle of the night and say, I'm going to write a book. Let's yeah. hear a little bit about this this idea. And what's the book called? Sure. The book is called The Fine Line. Um, and I, I actually, I, I write a lot in general yep. just for like my own mental health and to clear my own mind. And I was writing a lot in college and a little bit after college about I never really thought I was going to publish anything, but then my writing kind of got to the point where I was like, I know some other, you know, college age kids, maybe a little bit older maybe a little bit younger are dealing with a lot of these same struggles yeah, and these same sure. thoughts. And it's not like, I mean, I wrote the book as like a 25 year old, so it's not like it's anything groundbreaking, but I think the relatability of it is something that a lot of people, especially within that age range, would really be able to pull some things from. And I think that, I think in general too, it's kind of like, I think times are, I don't want to say, well, times are changing, but what's different is that with your profession of doing mental performance, right, or if you want to call sports psychology or whatever, like, you know, a decade ago, there was a a negative light to if you're an athlete and you have to work with a sports psychologist, like, oh, you must be a head case, yeah. right? One of those sports psychology guys. But the thing yeah. is, it's like, I love how, like, one of our students, Owen Heilman, put it the other day, like, a couple weeks ago, He's where he best. was like, I'm not real. There's nothing wrong with my mind. I'm just prepping, right? Like, yeah. I'm getting ahead of it so that in the midst of life, like, I can dominate life. And that's the thing. It's like, you're not necessarily like a sports psychologist or mental performance. It's like you're just a let me help you dominate life guy. Hey, guys, I hope you are enjoying this episode of the Stock Shot Secrets podcast. If you are enjoying it, be sure to like this episode. Be sure to subscribe so you can always see when they're coming out. And most importantly, if you would be so kind to be able to share this podcast with other passionate golfers who are trying to get better and build Stock Shots because it grows through you sharing it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now back to Stock Shot Secrets. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And And it's across everything, like whether it's work or school or being a better husband or father or, you know, uncle or whatever it may be, like the principles that you're teaching is not just about like, oh, you can make a six foot putt. It's like, yeah, it's not like they're sitting on your chair, like crying, talking about, you know, their dad issues or something. I guess maybe, but but it's more of just about building really productive habits for life. Absolutely. And like to the first part of that, especially being in the sport of wrestling, like 
mental toughness and kind of shoving your feelings down is what is instilled in you. And I kind of put mental toughness in quotes because, you know, that absolutely brought about like great work ethic in me and like some amazing qualities, I think, that I'm very proud of. But also not being able to deal with a lot of those feelings and just putting my head down and not talking to anyone about it led to some issues later on. So that's a really good point. And to the second part of that, I feel like a lot of the athletes I do see are the ones who don't really, it's not like they feel like their mental game is weak. They are just taking all the steps for when they know they're going to be in that high pressure moment. They want to know they did all they could. And the mental game is obviously a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things with your, with your profession where it's, there's so much beauty in the human being having a full understanding of what it makes them great mm-hmm. and then the things that what they need to work on, right? Like if you mm-hmm. said, hey, Kyle, what do you suck at? I go, like all these yeah. things, right? And then you're right. like, what are you good at? I'm like, these things, right? And there's a health, there's healthiness in understanding, hey, what am I really good at? And then what am I really bad at? And yeah. the things that I'm really bad at, right? Like I've got these checks and balances and I need to work on these things and make these ones I just need to make sure that I just they stay where they are but mm-hmm. I think what you do well is is it extends the it extends the boundaries of the golf course and the OB stakes into like if we're talking about hey which we might be get to in here a bit about breathing right well like yeah. what if you're like you know you're 30 years old and you and your wife decide to have some kids in a few years and the kids are screaming and they don't <laughs> put their shoes away and the backpacks are thing yeah. and the bus is outside and you're like get outside and then you got to get in the car and you're like I got to just chill out and reset the day so that's why I am like with me cuz I was working with Todd Kays when I was 12 mm-hmm. right so I started working with this stuff super early I am a really really big believer that you literally don't you can literally not have a bad day yeah. like you are in control of how you feel and you feel like what you focus on. Mm-hmm. And if I'm focusing on gratitude and things of positive mindset, which goes into the golf course mm-hmm. so I can stay out of my own way and hit more stock shots, like that bleeds out. So absolutely. what are some of the things that being now in, 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 in the golf room, right? What are some hurdles that you're seeing that are common hurdles for golfers on in the mental aspect that, that are like the, you know, the one, two, three, like, man, like yeah. these are the, these are the big ones. The one there's one specifically that I've been thinking a lot about lately because it's a new idea to me, um, and it's something I'm hearing from almost every everyone, mm-hmm. every single kid. It's the the almost being scared to do good from the start because they're so worried about losing yeah. that lead. Yeah, right. They're like, I almost like getting off to a rough start because then fires all the pressure's off, right. or, or or it fires fires me up, or. Right. A lot of times, like after the turn, I, I'm finding that a lot of golfers are very, they if they're doing really well, they just start to obsess. Obviously, I talk a lot about this, but obsess over the result. Right. And when doing that, you are in the opposite of the moment. You're thinking about all the things that you shouldn't be thinking about at all, right? Right. And it takes all the fun out of it, and you start to get stressed, so you play a little faster, and you grip the club tighter, and it all kind of snowballs, right? Yeah, and if they can get that awareness of where they are in the midst of their mindset, I'm just having you know, kind of circling back to what we were saying of just, hey, you can sense your self-talk and you can yeah. sense what's going on. Like there's thing. I mean, can you tell a little bit more just because it's super fresh? Sure. The reel you put out yesterday <laughs> of like the adversity in the high school yearbook yeah. was classic. I think I've sure. shared that with like 400 people bragging, just like, Thanks. check out how sweet my <laughs> mental performance guy is. This guy's incredible. Thank so you. can you tell a little bit about that? Uh, the Gremlin, the Gremlin High School Yearbook. Yeah, yeah. So this is literally one of my favorite con- concepts to teach because it's something that I feel like everyone goes through, but also has like a direct reflection on like tactical 
mental performance work that will like help your golf game too. Um, and it's the idea of the negative gremlin, and it's this this little annoying thing that like sits on your shoulder whenever you you know maybe you miss a miss a five foot putt. What is that negative voice right. going to be saying to you, right? So we did an exercise where we had each kid kind of label their negative gremlin and make the negative gremlin yearbook where they drew their own negative gremlin, what it says to you in moments of like adversity or moments of failure, right? Like sometimes in sport we fail. And what is that thing saying to you? Things like, you know, you suck. Why are you doing this? All the things. We all have Here we go again. Right. (laughs) And the first step to kind of taming that negative gremlin is accepting that it's there. Right. right. Not just trying to shove it down and be mentally tough. But if you say I call it saying hi to your negative gremlin and learn to kind of live with these emotions, it makes all the difference in the world in taming those feelings. So that's what we worked on this week. We put him through. We put him on Mirfield Village um, in stormy conditions with insane, you know, an insane difficulty yeah. and with the purpose of frustrating them to bring yeah. their negative gremlin out. We and wanted then, to get him super riled up. That's right. That's right. And they, they were they were amazing and definitely felt that frustration. Frustration, yeah. But because of that, they were so open to hearing the lesson that week of like, okay, how do I work through yeah. that? So that lesson obviously was a good, a good. Uh, it kind of seamlessly fit for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. let's let's talk a little bit. So you got the you got the gremlin, right? He, yeah. And every single golfer has that, and it doesn't even have to be golf. Like it could just be life, right? Like you have negative yeah. self talk about a business deal that's happening. Negative self talk of like. You know, some guy says something to you like in a friend circle and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, like, is that guy right? Like, am I actually a degenerate? Like, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, like whatever it may be. So you hear these voices, right? So the first thing is on, on a mental standpoint, mm-hmm. um, we have to have an acceptance of like and have an awareness that this 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 is here. Right. Yeah. Like I'm speaking. Then it's about having the remedies to yeah, which... fix and basically like flick the gremlin, the gremlin off your shoulder and go time for you to go now. Yeah. So what are some of those, you know, simple, like what's something tangible that someone could take, take away um, to basically just calm the moment. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. maybe it's not self-talk. Maybe the dude just makes it, he hits a, you know, it's in member member and he makes a triple bogey on the 11th hole, right? Yeah. He doesn't want to snowball the round. Like what would, what advice would you give them as a simple piece of advice? Yeah. I'm really happy you asked that. Cause I love sharing this. So I have like, I call it the acceptance formula. So the first step is saying hi to that negative gremlin, right? Accepting that it's there. And then the second step of of that formula is the physiological sigh, which is a double inhale through your nose and then a longer exhale through your mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's like a actual physiological thing to lower anxiety, um, increase your focus and slow your heart rate, which is just an actual physical step to bring you back to the moment. And then the third part of that formula, which I kind of learned from you, for me, originally, it was you say your why in the third step of the formula. You know, mine is my why is I'm a resilient person who runs towards difficult tasks. But like an actual golf specific thing is what does a good shot look like? Yep. So the third part of that, when you ask yourself that question after saying hi to your gremlin, after doing the breath work, just focusing on not what other people are you think they're thinking about you. But when you ask yourself that question, the brain is kind of forced to answer it. Right. And then I want you to visualize like what that perfect shot looks like from like a tracer, just like on a track man. Right. 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 And really see that good shot. Which allows that with, you know, for you listeners that are listening there, like that allows you guys to essentially when you're doing that, um, 
when you ask yourself, hey, what does a good shot look like here? It allows you to enter what's called your motor cortex, which is 11 million messages a second. Mm-hmm. Whereas when that gremlin is talking to you through logical thought, yeah. you're using your prefrontal cortex, which is 40 messages messages a second. So by doing that, it allows us to kind of focus on the present moment mm-hmm. and be attached attached to our senses. And then we are a better athlete and golf is a sport and we're not thinking golf, but we're playing golf and we don't have 9 million thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're out there trying to play golf, or th- I'm sorry, think golf with 9 million swing thoughts, it's a good way to not play good. <laughs> so like, Absolutely. And there's an art to know how to do that, right? Yep. To be able to um, to kind of do that. So well in, in, in the future of kind of sports psychology, right? Because it's, you know, you could almost kind of say it's a, it's a newer field, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably yeah. becoming, it's continuing to grow, right? It doesn't have a history base of like teaching golf. Like this is... You know, it used to always just be, okay, like, what's the seven iron and driver swing look like? Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like, okay, we got, then Tiger came on the scene and it was like, okay, now we got to start working on the body because, like, this dude's running in army boots, mm-hmm. right? So, like, then we got to tackle the body. And then now it's kind of starting over the last decade or so. It's like, okay, the mind piece. Where do you see, you know, is, your, is there any fortune telling in your brain of where you see this thing growing? If you're 30 years old, like, what's this kind of look like, you know, in 10 years, 15 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the field in general, I got in. So when I was like going back to school for this, I kind of, it was a risk in the sense of like, I could kind of see where it was going. Um, I'm like, I, I'm a little bit before my time, but I'm hoping that it's like, it lines up perfectly. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Yep. I saw how people started talking about mental health and sports psychology and the difference, like having strong mental game makes. And I kind of, just got in at the right time. I really trusted that it was going that way. And I think I'm getting a lot more younger kids saying that they want to get into this field. And I just think it's something that every sports team eventually will have, whether it's just one person or a full staff focused on making sure their players um, are mentally, you know, in the places that they need to be and have the skills that are able to do that. So I think that this will eventually, in the next 10 years, become just as common as, you know, having a strength coach or a swing yeah. coach or whatever it is. Well, I think it's even in, in if you take the word sport out of it and it's just this realm of psychology, yeah. like even on a culture standpoint of businesses, you know, you have you have employees who say life sucks. Mm-hmm. Like that's the employee, like those employees are super toxic into a facility. Then you have employees that say my life sucks, mm-hmm. which is like the t- it's a ring above it, but it's still not good. Mm-hmm. So like when you have employees that are like, life is great and like I'm happy to be here and I'm feeling a sense of gratitude today and all this stuff it just makes business better so it probably wouldn't be that far off if in 20 25 years your profession is almost like not only are you and maybe this is a business idea in itself but maybe there's something to say about like hey like you're working with athletes but like you could probably make a pretty good argument that's like you should be hanging out with John and hanging out yeah. with Dave and hanging out mm-hmm. with Scott and Mitch and you know Mac and just like hey man like how are you doing yeah you know what I mean like you know I, the the one that I, always comes to my mind is Billions you ever watch Billions yeah 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 you know, I like, stopped the last like two seasons yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah well, that that girl like she was I forget what her name was the actor but um you know she was like the life coach to the team yeah, because it yeah, was yeah. a super high stressful. Now we're not trading hedge funds sure. at TGR. Sure. We're just, you know, making stock shots. But um, I can see it being as the more it gets accepted to the fact of like mental health and mental performance is just about helping you thrive in life so that you can be amazing, the better it'll be. Right. So, um, 
you know, I just appreciate everything you're doing. I think that we, you. I think that you're gonna, you know, you know, you're gonna be the things that you are doing in your profession at TGR are going to have almost a more way longer lasting effect than me changing a dude's swing plane, right? So I appreciate you being a part of TGR, buddy. Um, look forward to what we're doing in the future, and thank you so much for coming on. Oh, this was an absolute blast, and I am truly thankful every single day that I get to work at such an awesome place that, yeah, it's about golf, but like you alluded to, you know, it's about a lot more than that. So yeah. I'm very thankful to have this opportunity. And if anybody wants you. to come follow your podcast, where could they go again? Yeah, so my Instagram is wellsport.tgr, so I post a bunch of uh, mental performance tips to that. And then you could find my podcast. It's currently just on Spotify. We're working on getting it other places um, at the Wellsport podcast presented by The Golf Room. So. Nice, nice. And if you guys want to book Okay, if you guys are in Columbus or you're coming in town to see me for an experience day, or even if you're online and you're one of the Golf Room Everywhere members, you guys can simply go to thegolfroom.com, book an appointment with Sean, um, and kind of dive in and see what your gremlin is. That's right. right. We'll right figure it out. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks so much, Kyle. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of Stock Shot Secrets. Now, as a listener of Stock Shot Secrets, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to get better. So if you were to go to StockShotClub.com, I'm going to give you seven days free access where you can send us your video and we will give you personalized individual attention as to what you need to do so that you can start building stock shots. So just go to StockShotClub.com and register there. We'll give you seven days free where you can try it. And then if we like it, you can stay inside the Stock Shot Club where we can become your coach and walk with you for your entire journey. Thank you so much and be sure to go visit StockShotClub.com.